Let's talk about the anointing. You guys excited about that? I am, because I think it's pretty cool. So let's just hit that first slide. Um, And here, just kind of a review. Here's what I want you to understand is uh, Jesus came to reveal and redeem and restore who we are. And uh, let's just read this real quick. Because I I think the whole scriptures, the whole spirit, what he's trying to do is remove the the negative thinking, the sin, quote on sin, which is thinking of ourselves anything less than an unconditionally loved, forgiven, radically blessed son in the family. And that's the removal of sin. And the only way, let's let's read Paul's writings in Romans 1. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. What, What does gospel mean? Good news. News is something that's happened. Does that make sense? If it's real news, not fake news, as, as you see. So, uh, but news is something, hey, it's happened, and you tell somebody about it, right? So here's Paul. He's saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. So how many of you guys know God's power is pretty good, right? It's the power of God for salvation. Now, we'll look at what salvation actually means to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. So what is the righteousness of God? It's a free gift versus the righteousness by works of the Old Testament, right? So the righteousness of God is revealed. So here's what he's saying. I'm not ashamed of this great news that I'm telling everybody, Jew and Gentile, for it is the power of God of sozo or salvation. It's really the Greek word soteria, that's salvation. From faith to faith, and that means from his faith, it's, it's, Francois does a great job of this. ek, Ek is out of, from his faith, it transfers to our faith. So faith is not something you have to build up, work up, etc. When you hear the true good news of who you are in Christ, guess what happens? It rises up. You can't, it, it produces itself. You don't have to produce it. Does that, does that make sense? And so and it says faith becomes effectual or worketh by what? Love. God so loved the world, he demanded a penalty for sin. Oh, no. That's not what it says. <laughs> that's how I used to read it. Even though it says God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Does that make sense? Love gives. So anyway. Um, from faith to faith, that is written, but the righteousness shall live by this faith or this great news. And so let's look at the power of God for something, for that soteria, which the English word is salvation. Most of us grew up where that's, that's so you don't go burn forever and you, get, you go to some other place, right? That's actually not, if you really look at it, it's pretty fascinating. Salvation is, is the Greek word soteria, but it's from the root sozo. You guys have heard that a lot, right? Sozo. And that means to heal. And that was the early church's metaphor was to he, he came to heal the wrong beliefs in our heart, not, uh, not punish us or keep us from going somewhere else. Does that make sense? So, but what is it actually from the root is to heal. So when we hear this good news about who we are, that we're perfectly loved, you mean I'm, I'm in union with God? And that's what this whole anointing talk is going to be about. So soteria means welfare, prosperity, deliverance, preservation, salvation, safety. Uh, so all of those things, welfare, prosperity, all those things come from what? Hearing and believing the truth about who you are. Does that make sense? Then faith bubbles up naturally. We don't have to tell you to read more, fast more, pray more, nothing more. It's the truth about here's who you are and here's what, well, let's clear up the mess that you believed about yourself and then let's tell you who you are and then faith bubbles up out of it naturally like you just saw Bradley, right? Just going, hey, you mean God's not mad at me and he blesses me unconditionally? Yes, that's good news. So, uh, so we remove, as we were talking about the last few weeks, every message has to almost be the same. It's just looking at it from different angles in Scripture. But the whole thing is about Jesus coming to reveal, restore our innocence, and tell us who we really are in him. 
Does that, does that make sense? So any, a lot of this other teaching that uh, uh, lessons from the Bible, I just, I don't think that's what it's about. I think it's about, Jesus goes, the law, the Psalms, and the prophets are about me. And when you look at me as if you're looking at a mirror. So when you say, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, why, why does that work? Does anybody know? It only works if you know that he came to show us who we are as a son. That's what Christ's life looks like. That's what sonship looks like versus slavery, old covenant bondage to works. Does that make sense? So when we see him as as if in the mirror is what it says. So in the old covenant, it would look at it and all it could show you how, how bad you are, right? And then the new covenant though is as you look at him, you realize I'm looking at myself as in a mirror and the spirit himself will transform us into the same image. Isn't that good news? That's great news in my opinion. So when you look at Jesus, who are you looking at? You, as if in a mirror. That's huge once you understand that. And then you're, he gives you all these metaphors in there. Hey, you're, the, you're, you're, the, you're a child of God. And to a Jew, again, that means something. That means if I'm called a son, and ladies, that's not gender specific. It's I'm a family member of the surname, of the name of the Most High. What does that mean? What, what do you qualify for then? Everything in the Father's house. Does that make sense? And he also says, hey, I'm, I'm this loving husband. So as the bride of Christ, every one of us, what does that qualify for? Everything that Jesus has. So he gives us all these things. It's really all the same message to show you who you are and who you're not. Does that make sense? Are you a, are you a, are you a sinner? No. You are the, the righteousness of God. Does that make sense? Now we forgot it, is what it says in Colossians because of, because of our own behavior, we thought there's no way there's a God good enough that loves me unconditionally and blesses me because I kind of messed up over here. Is that true? He keeps no record of wrong. Perfect love keeps no record of wrong. So that's such great news when you get it. So when you mess up, how big of a blessing are you entitled to? The same as if you didn't mess up. Now that, that really is hard for a religious guy because like, Doggone it. You know, and that, that, that lady gets the same thing I do. At least I'm not that bad. You know, that's how most of us think, honestly, that, right? We, we put levels of morality and levels of, uh, uh, and it's been so clear to me because I don't even want to get into that. But people go, what about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? And my response is this, is thank God they're unconditionally blessed. Otherwise, I can't be either. Once you get that, you start having compassion for people. And like Bradley was just saying is, once you get that God's not angry at you and he perfectly loves you, now love can come from the inside out and you can love others. Trying to love people in your willpower, good luck. Right? That's why I don't put Christian signs on my car because sometimes I get irritated on the road. I know none of you do. Michael, you never do, do you? <laughs> Neither do I. So in him. In myself, I do, but not in him, right? So, so here's what, everything has to be this. The good news removes who you're not, which is sin, believing anything other than you're perfectly loved, you're perfectly blessed, worthy of every blessing, right? Uh, and replace it with the unconditional love of welfare, peace, healing, wholeness as a joint heir of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense to you? So every message, as I was even going through this like the last two days preparing this, I'm going, gosh, it's all the same. It's all the same, it's, but we need to hear it over and over and over, and he just gives us all these different angles through Scripture to see it. So we're going to talk about the anointing tonight, okay? So we can hit that next slide. All right, so the, the uh, you know, I should have put, put 2 Corinthians 10.5 in here where it says, 
take every thought captive to what? The obedience of Christ, right? Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Does that mean uh, take every thought captive and be obedient to Christ? No, it says take every thought captive to the obedience of him. So how obedient was he? Very. So if you read Deuteronomy 28, and it says, if you do all of these things, there's good blessings in there, aren't there? In fact, I should read them real quick. Should I read them real quick? I haven't done this in a while. I used to do that all the time. Uh, Deuteronomy 28. And these are types and shadows of good things to come. So let's just read this. Deuteronomy 28. Jesus says the Old Covenant, the Law, the Psalms, and the Prophets is about him, right? And now it says this, and it shall come to pass, if thou shalt diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and do all his commandments which I command this day. Did he observe and do all those commandments? Yes, that's the obedience of Christ. All of his commandments which I command thee this day that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon thee. Now there's, there's some good ones in here. And it's gonna overtake you. And that's kind of like David in, in the Psalm 23 where it says, uh, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That word follow in English, it's one of my favorite verses once you really get it. That word follow in Hebrew means his blessings, his goodness, his mercy is going to hunt you down and overtake you. Is that pretty cool? That's a different perspective, isn't it? So stop. Just let it catch you faster. Does that make sense? Don't run. Just stay there. And this is what he's saying. It's going to overtake you. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shall be you in the city. Blessed shall be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the fruit of your ground, the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your kind, the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed the basket in thy store. Blessed when you go in. Blessed when you come out. So when you go out of your house, are you blessed? When you come back in? Yes. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that ride up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in your storehouse and everything that you set your hand unto. Okay, so if the Lord commands his blessing, do you think it's there? Yes, right? The Lord shall command the blessing upon you and everything you set your hand to, and he shall bless you in the land which the Lord thy giveth me. The Lord shall establish you as a holy people, that means weighty and, and uh, set apart, you're, you're the apple of his eye. Unto himself, he has sworn unto thee, if you shall keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways, all the people of the earth shall see thou art called by the name of the Lord. That means in his family, right? And they shall be afraid of thee. The Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of the body, in the fruit of the cattle, in the fruit of the ground, in the land which the swore unto the fathers to give me. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give rain unto the land in his season, and to bless all the work of your hand. And thou shalt lend the nations, and thou shalt not borrow. And then thou shalt make you the head and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only and not beneath, if thou hearken unto the Lord God with my commandments, which I command this day. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Did Christ fulfill that? You can ignore 15 on. 15 on is where all the curses are. But if shall come to pass, if you shall not hearken, he hearkened and did everything he said. You can ignore the curse, the blessing. All the blessings of the Lord in the new covenant are what? Yes, and so be it. There's no curse. There's no yeah, but. It's yes and amen. Does that make sense? The old covenant had good, bad tree. The new covenant only has life 
and blessing because he's the obedience of the anointed one. Does that make sense? All right. So Colossians 1.26. Is that good? There's some good ones in there you might like, right? <laughs> so Colossians 1.26. The mystery, mysterion, that Greek word, I love that. The mysterion that was hidden for ages and generations but is now revealed as in saints. So was it always there? At least for generations, Right? To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mysterion, which is what? The anointed one in you, the confident expectation of glory. And that glory is weighty and valuable. You're just as much value as Jesus and God himself. I've taught you that, that kavot, that Hebrew word, right? It's weighty. So is that pretty good? So it's a mystery, but now it's been revealed, which is the anointing in you. Colossians 2.9, for in what? The anointed one, all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form. What does that mean about yourself? All the fullness of the deity is in your body. It's pretty good, isn't it? It's pretty good. That's why Paul says you guys are living epistles. Everybody can see the fullness of the deity in you. And, but most of us aren't taught this their whole life. It's conditional. If you do this, then this. Like Deuteronomy 28, right? And so we miss this blessing. Because the good news is not if, it's good news. This is what you are and what he's done in you. So anyway, for the, for the, the anointed one, all the fullness of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit dwells in you. Everything God is and has is in you and flows through you all the time. That's Colossians 1, John 1. He's in and through and withholds everything by himself. That's always, as we're praying, it's always fun to me to go, he holds everything together. He's in every atom in the universe, yet he can appear as a person. That's, I still can't get my arms around that, but it's cool to me. I don't know why that intrigues me so much. I think just the quantum physics of it is just like, huh, that's pretty weird. You know? Am I the only one that thinks that's weird? That he can be everywhere and show up in space and time? That's interesting to me. So anyway, you have been made complete in what? The anointed one. You're complete in the anointed one. Is there anything lacking? No. All it needs is you, you need to just catch hold of it and light needs to show up like, oh my God, I've always had all of this and it's available 24-7. Does that make sense to you? All right. So if you're complete with God in Christ or the anointed one, there's nothing lacking. That completion I just, I, this is kind of a rhetorical question, but it's really good to meditate on. If I'm in complete union and the fullness of the body of God, everything he is, all the wealth, all the healing, all the, the miracle working power, all the, everything he has, everything he is, is in me and one with me. That's what union means. How does that change how you pray? It should change it. I know it changes it for me. As I'm praying for the sick, it makes me feel a little more confident, doesn't it? I don't have to produce it. I just have to release it because it's in there. Everything's in there. Does that make sense? So guess what? Uh, what should it look like for your ability to walk in quote-unquote the miraculous? The miraculous, it, I don't even like it because it, to me, to say that, it sounds like it's for an exclusive club or these, this, this anointed preacher. Nothing's, hey, listen, we've seen so many miracles and we know it's not us. 
And once you catch that, you'll be more bold when you're praying. You'll be more bold when you're praying for others. You're just like, holy smokes. I'm one with Jesus. I'm one with the Father. I'm one with the Holy Spirit. Everything, the, the fullness of God is in me and one with me. That's, that's pretty awesome, isn't it? To me, it is. I'm going, really? Wow, that's pretty good. Because I, I never used to pray like that. I, I used to pray kind of like hoping I could twist God's arm. And if I fasted that day, man, it's going to be a good prayer tonight. Now I'm like, praise God, I get to eat a chili cheese dog and it still works. You know, like, <laughs> really, I just, I love it. So anyway, it's just, ha, ah, there's, do you have to fast to get it? In fact, I was taught a lot of this stuff by the mega pastors that there's a power, there's a price to power. And there's a, you have to, you have to set your, you have to sanctify yourself and become clean in order for the God to use you. Now they understand that. I go, well, then God couldn't use you. <laughs> right? If we're going to base it on that. But it's just his grace that even, it even works for us. Isn't that good news? So there's nothing you have to do. You don't have to fast. Really, all you have to do is come alive to these truths. And that's why all these messages are really the same. It's who you are in Christ to get rid of all the junk, all the wrong beliefs about who you are. You're perfectly loved. You're perfectly blessed. You're perfectly anointed. Everything he has is yours. You're one with him, and you're the salt and light of the earth. Amen? Despite your behavior. And once you get that, your behavior will actually clean up a little bit, which is pretty good. And a lot of people don't get that. They think, oh, you're giving them a license to sin. Like, no, no. Once, it, once, once your heart is healed, your desire to, the, the stirred up flesh goes away. Not completely, because we still want to, yeah, every now and then I kind of, God, anarchy would be so much fun. I'd love to just ride right over that car right now. So I know none of you are all good, really holy people. Dave, have you ever felt that, being a cop, right? <laughs> you guys actually could. You could turn your lights on and blow by people. And it is fun, yeah, see? I know you never did that, because a law-abiding citizen, but uh, I know I would if I had that. Like, I'm putting my lights on and, right? What's that? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd like to ride in that with you guys sometime. Maybe you can get me a ride. I'd like to do that. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? <laughs> you ever notice they always have their shirts off? What's with that? They always have their shirts off, these criminals. I love what's with that. Or, or they have the wife beater shirt, right? So it's just crazy. So anyway, that has nothing to do with, they don't know they're complete in Christ, trust me. So if you're complete union with Christ, it should, we should meditate on that every day a little bit. Like, I'm one with him. Everything he has, I have. When I pray, it's as if Jesus Christ is praying himself because we're one. Does that, does that make sense? Am I getting my point across? You come from a different position in prayer then. I'm complete in Christ, lacking nothing. If he's already blessed us with everything that pertains to life and godliness, then it's really just a formality. Hey, when I ask, I shall receive so that my joy may be full. And Mark 11, 23, 24 says, if you believe you already have it, and he's told us, I've already said yes before you ask. In fact, if he says, if he says no, here's what, because a lot of the, we get confused and this is why we don't trust prayer. He doesn't say no. You know what he says? If we ask or we require anything, that Greek word, if we require anything in prayer, you know what he says? That's nice, but I'm going to do exceedingly abundantly beyond that. 
that make sense? He doesn't say no. He says, if you knew the length, the breadth, the width, the depth of my love for you, I will do exceedingly abundantly beyond what you can even think, comprehend, meditate on, or require, ask. That Greek word, same Greek word, hetio. Isn't that cool? That should give you a little more confidence as well when you pray. So if Jesus prayed, do you think the Father responded? Then when you pray, the Father responds. Amen? And it's really this weird spiritual dynamic because he's outside of time, so it's not like I'm withholding anything is what he says. I don't withhold anything good. It's really our ability to see what we already have and start to receive it. Follow me? So, okay. So, all right. So, hey, then is the miraculous anything miraculous other than the Christ life? No, it should be our natural deal, right? We're, we're, we're walking as him. The power of prayer. That's, that should be really exciting. Or healing. Is healing yours? Yeah, it's yours. Is his supernatural favor yours? Yeah, so in your careers, your businesses, your families, thank you, Father, for supernatural favor in my life. As if Jesus himself, oh yeah, he is himself with me because I'm one with him and I'm in union with him. Follow me? And this is the stuff we meditate on because that, that starts to get you excited, at least gets me excited. I'm like, God, this is so good. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So anyway, so supernatural favor, provision, all that looks different now when you realize you're in complete union with him, doesn't it? All right, so get to this next slide. Okay, and you've heard me talk about this, but in the Old Testament, the, when they anointed the prophets, priests, and kings, it gave them special powers, it gave them special graces. Um, they went from, like, uh, like David, went from just a lowly shepherd boy to king. Does that make sense? That's pretty good, isn't it? That means royalty, that means priesthood. It, he, he's obviously a picture of Christ. All of it is. So if it's a picture of Christ... And we're a joint heir, really, what is a picture of? Who we are now in him. Does that make sense? Okay, so it gave them graces, riches, access to God. You know, the high priest could go into God's presence all the time. And you guys know, uh, I was showing a friend the other day, the, the tabernacle of David. You guys know what's, what was special about the heart of David, where he says, he's a man after my own heart. Have I shared this with you guys? I have in the past, hasn't I? So David commits two acts that are under the law, punishable by death, right? He has his little fling with Bathsheba then kills her husband, basically, right? Now, here's one. Here's a really interesting one if you read scripture. I, I remember the first time we read this, she's like, this isn't fair. So uh, God goes to David. He goes, if you wanted another wife, just ask me. I would have given you one. What does that do to your theology? <laughs> Rose is going, no way. Hey, Dave, you asked for another wife? You're going to miss male parts, more than likely, Right? <laughs> She's not going to go, oh, God will give you another one. <laughs> That's crazy talk, isn't it? But it's in your book. Isn't that wild? So what do we do with all of that stuff, right? They're types and shadows of good things to come is really what's going on. So David, you know, and he never sacrificed a lamb because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to sacrifice a lamb in order to be forgiven for those offenses, right? What did David do? Repented, change of heart and change of mind of who God is. Isn't that interesting? And then we see in the New Covenant, Jesus is quoting some of this in some of the Psalms. He said, sacrifices and offerings are not pleasing to you. In fact, they're abomination to the Lord is what it says. Isn't that interesting? He'd never wanted death. He wanted forgiveness. He's like, I've never kept record of wrong. David understood that. And then his tabernacle didn't, you know, the, the Hebrew tabernacle had three the outer court, the holy place, and the holiest of holies. David's had nothing but God's presence, the Ark of the Covenant, 
a three-sided tent and Jew and Gentile could openly go with no sacrifice and be in the presence of the Lord. That's why he has the heart of the Father. Because the heart of the Father went Jew, Gentile, everybody in my presence. Does that make sense? And all that was, you, all you did was you approached him with joyful, dancing, singing worship. That's why we worship. Because it gets you in a better mood. Doesn't it feel better when you worship? Yeah, it does. That's why we do it. Interesting? So, anyway. So, in the Old Covenant, it's a type and shadow of good things to come. So, if you look at how good those old, when they were anointed, things happened. They, they had access to, to, uh, to God right away. They could hear God in the Spirit. They could have words of knowledge. They could have gifts of the Spirit. They got riches. They had healing. Everything was good when they were anointed. Does that make sense? But you had to be one of the clique, the select few, the prophets, priests, and kings, to be anointed. Follow me? But at Pentecost, what does David say? This is what Joel was prophesying, right? That the anointing is going to be poured out on how much flesh? Every human being that has skin. It's poured out on everybody. And everybody's going to know me from the least to the greatest. Because only there was the greatest, the prophets, priests, and kings. But now the lowliest of low, me, right? I got the anointing. Well, that's what he's trying to show you. Look how good those were. And those are just types and shadows. What is it when you get the anointing, what does that look like? Does that make sense? It's so good once you get that. So anyway, so now, which is a shadow of good things to come, did it come? Yes, yes, it's came. You're anointed. And it's not in you. It's not just upon you. Where is it? It's one with you. You're in the anointed one. And he's in you. That's what we were singing in the song. That the third to the last song, I forget that verse, it really hit me because I was like, oh, this fits perfectly what we're doing today, is uh, I'm in yours and you are mine. How's, how's the verse go? Yeah, in oceans, I'm, you are mine and I'm yours. That's, that's covenant marriage talk, guys. And that's father talk. You'll be my set-apart people, weighty, holy, anointed people, and I will be your God. That's what we were just reading in Deuteronomy 28. So anyway, in every situation, easier said than done. Hey, when I'm sharing this, I'm sharing to myself too. I'm not preaching at you. Does that make sense? But where should our mind be focused? Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. When we have fear, when we have anxiety, it's just, it's just, it's there for us to let us know that we've got our eyes on the wrong thing. Does that make sense? So how many things are possible to God? All things. All things. So how many things are possible to you? All things, because you're in union with him. Does that make sense? All things. All things. So if we're feeling that fear, anxiety, worry, hey, you know what? Let's, let's change this. Again, what does it look like to know we're in perfect union in a marriage covenant with Jesus Christ, that we're one, we're entwined? In fact, that, 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 uh, that verse that says... Uh, What's the ones with hind, they shall rise up with uh, on hind's feet? It says, those that wait upon the Lord. So how's it go again? Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, meaning that's pretty good, right? And you'll skip around like a, like a deer, basically, is what it says, right? Something like that. <laughs> what? We'll run and not grow weary and they'll skip around like a hind's feet, which is a deer, right? Isn't that what it says, basically? I'm paraphrasing, but anyway. How many of you guys waiting upon the Lord? That doesn't sound so fun. Most how, most how I was taught is you got to go do this. And I could answer my pants in a hurry. 
oh, really? I got to sit down and wait for you? God, this sucks. <laughs> that's, that's how I am. Good Lord, could you do it faster, Lord? <laughs> I got things to do and places to go and stuff to... Got a hot double date with James and Rhonda tonight. <laughs> how many of you guys know that wait doesn't mean that? You'll be excited. Wait literally means entwined together as one. Those that can see that they're entwined together as one. You're not waiting. You're not, like, it's not a duration of time thing. Does that make sense? If you can see you're completely in union and one with him, then all of those good things will happen. Isn't that better? When I got that, I was like, yes, I knew it. Thank you, Lord. It doesn't have to take forever. It's a reality. The minute you catch it, that's what Francois de Troyes says. It goes, it doesn't become gold when you find it. It's always been gold. But it becomes really valuable to you when you catch it. Does that make sense? It's like, oh my God, I don't have to wait. Like, duration. I am that right now. Hallelujah. Right? I can run and never grow weary. I can skip around like a deer, chase my bride. Hallelujah. So, I'm excited about that. And what do what? Yeah, fly like eagles, yeah. Makes me think of Steve Miller <laughs> You gotta, see, so get into my Polish mind once. I'm, my mother was a music teacher, so I know all the songs, too. Like, James Katina and I were laughing. When, we had, when our power went out, I was sitting there having a glass of wine by candlelight, and I had a little battery left in my, my phone, so we're messing around. Just He's going, what are you doing, bro? I was like, I'm sitting here listening to Steely Dan. And then we started like testing each other on if we knew the lyrics of stuff. Send it off in a letter to yourself. It's a strange lyric, isn't it? So anyway, I just love that kind of stuff. So anyway, all right. Hey, when we're having this fear, anxiety, whatever, what did we talk about last week? We have to practice his presence, and we'll pray again tonight, to eliminate that fear, that worry, the source of all that stuff, and then replace it with the truth. Does that make sense? That's how we renew our minds. That's how the spirit itself comes up. That's how we can run and never grow weary when we know the truth about who we are and we meditate on that stuff. Does that make sense? So anyway, if our starting place is in the anointed one and all those great things that riches and honor and glory and everything that was available to the anointed ones in the old covenant was just a type and shadow of good things to come, is it a better deal for us today? Yes, it is. So the anointed, and you don't have to pray fast. You don't need to lay hands on anybody. You don't have to anybody special. You're entwined in one with him right now. Amen? All our job is in ministry is to show you what's already true about you so it rises up in you. Follow me? There's nothing special. So that's what, that's what Paul's revelation, and I, I've been sharing this with a lot of you guys, is, gosh, we need, I need you guys as much as me. And there's no, every part of the body is completely valuable and just as the same right? I, I consider myself the toe, and I need you guys sometimes. You know, the toe is just as important as the rest of the body. Follow me? So anyway, um, in the starting place is the anointed one. Everything that should come to Jesus should come to you. That's big if you get that, because the anointing, if you saw that, attracted the riches, the glory, it automatically brought them to this position of prominence. Does that make sense? So the minute you catch this, 
Have, have you been put in a position of prominence in him? Yes, most of us haven't been taught it. And it's not, you don't have to go work for it. That's, it's, Galatians 4 says, throw out that old covenant of trying to work for it. You're a son by promise. Does that make sense? It's effortless. There's nothing for you to do but agree with it. Thank you, Lord. I'm the anointed. I'm in the anointed, and I am the anointed. Hallelujah. So the starting place is in the anointed. Everything that came to Jesus in every situation is coming to you. You just come awake to it. Is that good in your situation? Ha, huh, everything that was attracted to Jesus is now attracted to me. Thank you, Lord. So how do we, how do we experience it? You just come alive to it. You go, yes. You start in your prayers, your meditation. You go, thank you, Father. This is what's going on in my life. Does that make sense? So based on that, um, here's everything the anointing carries. Unconditional love with no guilt or shame because you're in the anointed one. Isn't that good? You're completely loved. You're completely loved. Despite us, despite anything we can do, you're completely loved. There's no guilt. There's no shame. Is that an easier one that's said than done? Yeah, that's what we got to deal with all the time is, is get that stuff out of us. But you get better and better at it. And you get faster at it. So healing is mine because you're anointed. Isn't that good? You don't have to strive for it. You don't have to raise a level, decrease a level. You just become alive to the truth. And it rises up in you effortlessly. Faith just rises up when you know how much you're loved. That he keeps no record of wrong. I don't have to work for it. You don't have to work for it. Thank God. Because you saw how impatient I can be. Right? It's like, uh, any of you guys remember those Far Side commercials? I used to love those. The cartoons, the Far Side cartoons. You know what I'm talking about? They used to have those calendars and I loved them. You would get me one every year. There's, there's, I totally relate to this one. There's two buzzards sitting there and they're waiting for something to die, right? And he's like, screw patience. Let's go kill something. <laughs> I go, I totally relate to that. Just like, because they're waiting there, flying around, waiting for something to die. He's like, the heck with this. Let's go make it happen, you know? Like, that's me. So uh, patience is, add to your faith patience. Lord, please add it to me. So <sighs> I'm just honest, right? Getting better though, aren't I? I'm looking for some support from my girlfriend. So uh, it came a little slow there. <laughs> so when we pray, can we pray for supernatural favor and know we have it? We, we have it, guys. When we pray for healing, we have it. We're not trying to get it to come. We're not trying to get God's to twist his arm. We're not waiting long enough. Feigned. We have it. Follow me? So all the Father's provision is mine because you're in the anointed one. You're... You're in the Father's house as a son, and you're the bride of the anointed one, meaning we're one. It's all pictures of union in a family. You're surnamed him. Follow me? You're a son. You're a child of God. You're, you're a daughter of God, whatever you want to call it. It's not gender specific. And the miraculous, all things are possible because Jesus said all things are possible to the believing one. He's talking about him. So how many things are possible to you because you're one with the believing one? All. Oh. Doesn't it give you a little better twist? Like, Father, right? I just see that scripture abused so many times where they're going, I don't want to get into that. Where he's like, all things are possible to the believing one. He goes, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Did he do it? Of course he did. 
So he wasn't weighing whether he believed enough or not believed enough. Jesus was present. And so guess what? He's not looking at whether you believe enough or not believe enough. He, all, all really how it works is when you realize you have it, you're one with him, and all things are possible to the believing one, which is you're united with him and you're one with him. So your prayer life, your thought life takes on a whole new dynamic when you realize you're in him, that your starting place is complete in the anointed one. Amen? Because all the old covenant people are like, man, I hope it's me. When you saw Samuel looking for the sons, right? They all wanted to be anointed, didn't they? Then they found the lowly shepherd, etc., which is obviously a picture of Jesus, but that's a picture of us, of good things to come. They all wanted the anointing because they knew what happened. Now, we all have the anointing and don't know we have it. So I'm trying to tell you we have it. Follow me? Does this help? All right, so uh, you can get to your feet. Let's just pray through this a little bit. <sighs> and you guys have seen me done with this quite a bit. I'm really trying to, to give you a little bit of structure, whatever you guys need, so you can do it yourself, you can do it for others. Because that's what it's about. If, if you have to wait for somebody in ministry or something, that, that, then we've missed it. The ministry's missed it, in my opinion. Because the ministry's job, if of anything is to raise up you to the full stature of the anointed one. Does that make sense? It's to get you to not need me. <laughs> or anybody in ministry, right? Where you go, I am the light, I am the salt, I got this one, Lord, because I'm in you. Does that make sense? You become the priest, you can intercede for others, you can do this cool stuff that, that we saw those types and shadows in Jesus fulfill. So anyway, <sighs> Just take a deep breath. It allows your body to just go, it's okay, I can relax. Thank you, Father. So thank you, Father. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your warmth. We thank you for your love, your light, everything you are. We thank you for your anointing. That we're one with the anointed one. We're in complete union, nothing lacking, with Jesus Christ himself. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are complete in me. There's nothing outside of them that's not already in me, in my body. Heaven has met earth right in us. We're the true temple. And we just thank you for that. That we're not merely humans. We're one with you. We can completely step into the spiritual with you. So we just thank you for that love, that light, that warmth, just your presence like never before. And Jesus, we just ask you to reveal yourself to these people right now. And you can kind of ask them, where are you? Are you in front of me, behind me, to my left, to my right? It's been so fun over the last few months just asking people. And He's given you a, a, a powerful heart and mind to imagine these things and see these things in the spirit, guys. And you start to learn to trust your intuition. You start to learn, oh, that, that is real, what I'm seeing. So I'll just reveal yourself. Where are you? And then just ask him, what do you want to tell me about this situation? And just trust whatever comes to your intuition, the first two seconds, it'll be so perfect, it's so good. <sighs> so you're really just getting the junk out, healing the roots, the negative, the wrong beliefs that I'm not valuable, I'm not loved, I'm not worthy. I have to struggle, somehow beg you to answer me. <laughs> In fact, King David was sharing with me earlier, he goes, gosh, you know what? I ask God for something, and by the time I walk down from the back of the, the church to the front, he answers me. <laughs> I'm going, yeah. It's so easy, so real that you, you go, come on, that can't be that real. Guys, the father would never make it hard for his kids. He makes it so easy. 
Oh, so Father, just let them realize like never before that there's Christ in them, the hope of glory. They're so weighty. They're so valuable. They're so one with you. They're in perfect union with you. And now it just changes who they are. It changes how they see things. It changes their hearts and minds from the inside. It's the power of God unto healing, unto wealth, unto provision, unto everything you have. We just thank you for that. So Father, we just thank you. that you can just pray through this now. Just some of these things are right. Thank you, Father, that I'm completely loved with no guilt or shame because I'm in the anointed one. Thank you, Father, that I can pray for supernatural favor in my business. I can pray for supernatural favor in my in my company. In fact, uh, let's do this real quick. Matt and Myra, Myra trying to buy a house and like Dave and Rose, you probably see this. They, they make an offer and like 15 offers come in in the meantime. Let's just pray for their anointing that they get the house in divine speed that he's picked out for them. Father, we just thank you that they are the anointed. Things come to them just like they came to Jesus. So the Father, the perfect house that you've already picked out for them, we just pray that it comes to them in divine speed in Jesus' magnificent name. And we know it's as if Jesus is praying himself. And if it's not the one you want, give them the one that is exceedingly abundantly beyond what you want for them. And they can trust that. They can hold it in a loose hand and know it's even gonna be better if they didn't get the one they just got. So Father, we thank you for your supernatural love. We thank you for your supernatural provision. Father, we thank you for their supernatural provision in their family life, in their businesses. We thank you for restoration in their marriages, in their homes, in their kids. As if Jesus himself is praying is when we pray. That's how anointed we are, and that's how favored we are, that's how blessed we are, that's how wealthy we are, that's how healed we are, that's how taken care of we are. And we just thank you that the anointing is coming on all flesh, and we can just enjoy it as your favorite son, as your favorite bride. In Jesus' magnificent name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. If you guys need prayer, you can come on up here, but that's who you are when you pray as if Jesus himself is praying. Yeah, I always forget this. <laughs> hey, if you want, if you want to give, oh, all you guys online, thank you too. Like I said, it's getting, it's getting really fun. So Father, we thank you. As they give, just like Jesus, it's this divine flow that as they give, love responds. You make all grace superbound in every way. Father, Holy Spirit, just tell them what they should give. If they should give anything and that they can be confident in their heart that as they give, it always comes back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You make all grace abound so that they'll always have enough for themselves and to be your body to let it flow through them to flow to other people. We just say thank you in Jesus' magnificent name. You can give here or on the way out. Michael, I got my, my uh, deal for you too. God bless you guys. Yeah.